Welcome to the Continuous Revenue Marketer Podcast, where the most influential marketers in the world are sharing their insights and lessons on the critical topic chief executives must address daily, how to deliver profitable revenues consistently for their organization through customer growth and lifetime value optimization. And most importantly, what strategies, tactics, and methodologies are they employing to achieve these goals with a high ROI on their marketing spend? Hi, I'm Russell Kern, CEO and founder of Kern, an Omnicom agency, and I'm joined with my co-host and producer, Elliot Dennis. And today, we have back as a special guest, Shiona McDougall, who is the Global Chief Strategy Officer for RAP. She shared on our last session um, her views about the cookie world and her love for the zombie apocalypse. And most importantly, what I took away from that first interview with, with Shiona was the, human, the humanality, the rawness, the emotionality of which is exposed during a zombie apocalypse movie and why she loves the genre and really what it means for brands as we can no longer lazily target um, and retarget our digital without having cookies and that we're going to have to know our audience and know them deeply so that we can be highly relevant and highly personalized and that we now have technology to make that happen. So Shiona, welcome back and thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm happy uh, to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'd like to, you know, you are as a strategist have been responsible to create a very unique self-assessment. I'd like you before you talk about this assessment to put some context of what you, why you created it, what is it for, and then what are the dimensions of it? Why is it important for marketers to maybe take this self-assessment? Um, so I, I think first and foremost, I'm uh, I'm a very simple marketeer. Um, <laughs> we we always have to start with, well, where are we today and where do we need to get to? And therefore, what do we need to do to get there? Um, and so my favorite tool in my strategic toolbox is always a maturity framework. Because that's a way of navigating with a client, where are we today and where do we want to get to? And then the how do we get from A to B actually then becomes relatively straightforward. Okay. But it is a way of aligning on language, aligning on understanding, and sometimes actually aligning within a client organization because not all client organizations are simple with perfect information. It might be that one part of the organization knows something and then another part of the organization knows something else. And so it's about bringing... Um, as much of that knowledge to the fore using a, a maturity framework. Got it. So the assessment is a maturity framework. Does that help? Basically, it's a tool to help a marketer or chief marketer understand where they are in their journey. Absolutely. But, but I want to propose in their journey to what? What are they? Where? What is this? What are they maturing to? What are they self-evaluating? Where? Yeah. What, what is the context we're talking about here? So um, it is a, a way of measuring how sophisticated the marketing of any brand or business is relative to what is possible and ultimately relative to what their peers and competitors are doing as well. And uh, the reason that's important is because what is possible is changing quite quickly. And the ability to do personalized marketing at scale 
has significantly uh, um, changed over even just the last five years, um, let alone the last 10 or 15. And brands actually are often struggling to keep up, you know, uh, with what technology they need, what uh, you know ways of working do they need? What types of marketing should they be doing in market, and how can they improve their return on investment from the communications that they create? And that's a that's a constant struggle for every business. And so, um, giving them a really simple uh, questionnaire essentially that helps navigate. Um, where they are today and where they could be in the future and therefore what steps can they can they take in order to move forward towards better personalization um, better content more relevant more impactful content and ultimately better return on investment so let's tease them and then Elliot I'll throw it over to you which is give them the sense of the dimensions that they're going to be able to score within the assessment so that they're that a listener would say, Oh, I got to take this thing. Let's talk about the three big dimensions that they're going to uncover. So there are three, three dimensions that we've um, organized this uh, matrix and framework into, and they are customer context and content um, deliberately all C's because if it's not alliterative, it's not marketing, right? Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the f- the first one is customer. And uh, this is about how well do you truly understand and have the ability to respond to your understanding of customers' needs, lives, behaviors, attitudes, motivations, personalities, like all of the things that we are now able to know about customers. And there are so many different ways in which you can understand and respond to those uh, uh, individual um, nuances for each customer that actually uh, figuring out, well, where are you today is, is not as easy as it might sound. So that's the first one. The second one is then context. And that's about... Um, how do you show up as a brand um, and what's what you know what is the world in which your brand shows up in and how do you effectively and efficiently respond to the ever-changing environment that your brand lives in and that's yes partly about kind of media um, placements and how your brand shows up from a kind of paid media perspective but it is also about culture and um making sure and understanding how your brand shows up relative to the culture and the cultural nuances that are important to the customers um, that you're serving. So that's the second area is context. And then the third one is content. And often marketeers jump to content because that's the thing that it feels easiest to change. You can mess around with headlines and you can move the picture and move the logo, make the logo bigger. You know, that's that feels like the easy thing. Um, but actually how well you craft that uh, visual messaging and the copy messaging to most efficiently move your business forward at scale um, has become exponentially more complex when you're talking about um, individualized communications. And again, 
uh, in today's world, it is possible to not just create one ad, but actually to create one ad that then turns into a hundred thousand specific for specific customer ads that actually um, understanding where a brand is today on their ability to craft um, personalized communications at scale is a really important um, factor in being able to deliver against the needs of the customer and the context. Um, So those are the three dimensions that we measure in the first instance. Thank you. Uh, Elliot? Yeah, you've talked a bit about the three areas and why they're important to marketers. And I personally took the assessment twice, uh, thinking about myself in two different sides of the spectrum, if you will, on two different clients I've worked with along their journey. And so I will put the link to the assessment in the episode description for me to play around on their own. So I was hoping we could dive a bit more into the questions that you selected to get to the assessment as I found some pretty interesting. So what were some of your favorite questions and uh, some of yours that I thought were very important to ask and why did you ask those in the way that you did to, so essentially can you give us some of the sausage making behind how you get to the end score through the assessment? Yeah. So um, there, in each of the um, pillars, so in customer context and content, there are actually um, four uh, layers of questioning. And um, the first layer is almost like a kind of um, a benchmarking layer. Um, it's the it's the one that asks the the kind of high level question about your maturity in that pillar. And uh, and you know they're relatively straightforward and they they have a little bit more um, nuanced language. They're a little bit uh, more descriptive in the language so that you can kind of. Um, immediately get a feel for where do you sit and and it's on a spectrum of one to five so you choose you know on a a spectrum of one to five where do you sit based on the uh, descriptions each of each of the numbers and then underneath that are three more layers of questioning and there is some crossover in some of the questions and it doesn't actually matter if you answer one of the questions one way and give yourself, let's say, a score of three, and then you answer another question, which is kind of the same, but worded a little bit differently. It doesn't matter if you then just score yourself at a two. And um, there is a weighting in some of the uh, some of the scoring um, and the way that we work the scoring, because ultimately you get an overall score out of 100. And there is a little bit of weighting built into that based on how you answer the questions. But the point is to start to draw out um, the specifics of what makes you a uh, a score of a three um, on the first customer score. And and then uh, what are the specifics that make that up? Um, So it's a little bit like in. So, for example, in personality questionnaires, um, you sometimes get asked the same question multiple times. Um, and that's not to catch you out. That's to just double check. So when you say you've you've got, you know, you've got this and you're you're a score of a three, um, does that mean you also have this and this and this and this? Um, and, and it's just about just getting the robustness of the scoring. So each of the um each of the pillars covers the same things a few times over um, in slightly different ways. And that's because actually the the nature of this task is vast and enormous. And we've managed to get it down to 12 questions. 
So four in each of the each of the three pillars. And believe me, that took quite a lot of wrestling. <laughs> Um, and and you know wrestling uh, internally within the business, you know we have you know opinions from all over the place as to how the uh, questions should be uh, should be uh, put and uh, which questions should be included. And so we've we've narrowed it down to these twelve through actually quite a lot of trial and error and some testing with you know real life clients working out you know what do they not understand, how do they find it difficult. Um, what doesn't make any sense? So we've we've honed it down to these twelve questions, and and we may hone it again further in the future. Um, but the point is that actually uh, it's fairly straightforward and simple to answer the twelve questions, um, and it shouldn't take more than um, I don't know probably thirty minutes tops. Um, although you can do it probably in about five. Got it. So now now the million dollar question is. Okay, I spend either five minutes or 30 minutes. I have myself or my entire team score ourselves. What is the score going to reveal and what do I do with it? Okay, so um, the score will tell you where you're at today. And um, what we usually do once you've scored uh, yourself with your team or, or um, to the best of your ability is that that's the starting point for a conversation. That's the starting point for a conversation about, okay, so if this is where we're at today, what's next? Should we improve our sophistication on the customer side of things? Should we start to look at um, predictive analytics, for example, if that's not something you're doing already? Um, or should we put our energy and resources into uh, content automate, automation tools and technologies? And I think um, there is never a straight on, straightforward answer to that question. But at the very least, what this questionnaire does is sets you up with the tools to have the conversation, either internally, with an agency, um, however you want to have that conversation. I think uh, the, the point of it is, it's a starting point for conversation about what's next. And it allows for the removal of the paralysis that often exists within organizations um, because there are so many possibilities of things to do next. Actually, it structures the conversation about, well, which of the things should we do first? Yes. So what I what I found, um, and Elliot, I'll throw it back to you, is having take the assessment is that it at least allows an organized method to have a uh, discussion around. Yeah. We can go through each of the answers in the total score, and then the team can ask themselves, what are the most important things that will move the business forward? Yeah. Where is the, because I know we talked about it when we were looking at the blueprint um, a couple episodes ago, that one of the things that a marketer has to ask is, where is the, where are the, where's the low-hanging fruit? Where are the quick wins and where are the long wins that need the time and investment to transform the business? And it's a both and, not an either or, but you yeah. need to have a structure to be able to start to say, well, what about this? What about, you know, as you say, predictive analytics? What about collecting more first party data? What about how we're using data? How is this going to change? Where are we not doing anything where we're leaving money on the table because of how we've been this at least creates the opportunity for an effective conversation, as you say. Yeah. And, and usually, um, it, you know, one of the great things we do as a result of 
a client taking this assessment is we workshop with them um, and we workshop the possibilities of, well, what next? And that usually results in a um, in a prioritization matrix of all of the hundreds and millions of possibilities that come out of a workshop. You prioritize everything based on um, impact that it's likely to have to the organization and ease of implementation. So, you know, it might be that actually the next step in one of the things is actually you have to invest $5 million in a piece of technology, which is going to make, you know, it's going to be difficult to implement because most organizations have complicated procurement uh, methods. Um, whereas there might be some very simple quick wins, um, but they all have to be on the table and, and go into a kind of list of things to do um, organized by ease of implementation and impact. Uh, I, I, I love that. I love that simple two piece scoring ease and impact. It's just, yeah. it just takes away all the issue. Easy or hard expense, you know, big yeah. impact, little impact. Uh, and it, Ellen, and did, the, you have, did you have a follow-up you want to ask before we wrap up? Uh, that was actually my question. And, and Shoni kind of hit the nail right on the head there on, you know, how this might be able to help CMOs transform the organization. And my one question is, you mentioned how you suggest potentially multiple you know, team members in an organization take the assessment. And that was one of the interesting results I had, how there were similarities, similarities, yet a little differences. When I answered the questions with my kind of different caps on, if you will, thinking through how maybe a chief strategy officer versus a chief technology officer versus a chief marketing officer might think a little differently, but similar on there. And the, the results weren't too far apart, but there were some nuances when it came to the different results. So maybe any closing thoughts on you know, how beneficial and some insights a team might get from how they could each take the assessment and maybe exactly kind of come to an agreement on some of those quick wins or realize, oh yeah. yeah, this is a larger problem than we thought. So just some takeaway questions on maybe some tactical learnings they could have if you come at this from different perspectives. Yeah, so I would always recommend having as many perspectives as possible because um, you don't know what you don't know. And actually someone else in your organization probably does know. And um, one of the almost like the side effects of having done this exercise with clients has been actually to bring together a siloed organization, um, to bring together, um, a, a, you know, parts of organizations that have not previously worked particularly well together. Um, but in today's world, marketing is not a, it's not a solo sport. Um, you have to connect up with other parts of the organization. It might be the technology um, team. It might be the, uh, often a website team sits entirely separately from a marketing team. Often, you know, there are whole teams of people scurrying away, doing great work that nobody knows about within an organization. So um, the, the most important thing is to, is to have as many people who can affect change as possible, because um, the, the reality is that together, all of those different silos within an organization can affect change. And it is more likely to be significant, impactful change if they work together. It also means that they then have a shared agenda. Um, uh, so not only do they find out things about their own organization, but they you then create a shared agenda. The, the list of to-dos that comes out of a workshop around um, a, a marketing IQ scoring um, is a shared list of to-dos. And, uh, and that shared agenda goes quite a long way to um, 
breaking down silos and uh, helping organisations to move forward and, and again, get out of the paralysis um, that often exists because everyone is working to slightly different um, targets and goals and agendas. Nice. So Shiona, I, I want to just recap our the time that we've had together during our two episodes, which is um, we're moving to a cookie-less world, and so we cannot retarget lazily, that brands have to realize they want need to own their first-party data so that they could speak to the, to the heart of their audience in authentic matters, that there are new technologies that are now allowing these brands to speak at high personalized levels with high relevancy to their values, to their beliefs, to where they are in ways that weren't possible before. And so the, the cookie-less apocalypse is, hey, the world's about to change. And that when taking the assessment, if they would as chief member would take the time to have do the assessment and their team, they could then determine as how are we going to transform our go-to-market strategies our data collection methodologies, our communication strategies, so that we are appealing to the heart and the head and winning share of wallet. Would you say that's an appropriate summary or do you want to add anything to that? I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) That's so so kind of you. Well, I I am really grateful for your time and your wisdom. I encourage all of our listeners to look on the description link to take the, uh, the, the assessment, the MQI assessment. And um, we look forward to a workshop. And as Shiona said, let's workshop it and discuss what's easy and what has high impact for the organization so we can get some wins. And so on behalf of Elliot and myself, um, I want to thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our other future episodes. Um, until next time, I'm Russell Kern. The Continuous Revenue Marketer has been brought to you by Kern, an Omnicom precision marketing agency that helps Fortune 500 companies increase revenue from customer acquisition to loyalty through personalization at speed and scale. For more information, please visit kernagency.com.